Hello, this is Catherine West, Infection Control Consultant, bringing to you in this episode of Let's Get It Straight, an introduction to monkeypox and what we need to be doing in EMS. As I mentioned in the opening, monkeypox is not a new disease, like COVID-19 is a brand new disease. We have a lot of history with this disease. It's an endemic, meaning normally occurring disease in residents of West or Central Africa. And travel is generally how it may make its way to other countries. The causative agent for monkeypox is the monkeypox virus, a member of the orthopox viral genus, more commonly referred to as pox virus. Current outbreak of approximately 48 cases of monkeypox have been identified in Europe. Cases from Australia, Belgium, Canada, France, and Italy, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. All are reporting cases. And the first reported case of monkeypox in the United States actually goes back to 2003 and was an outbreak in Texas that was linked to a shipment of animals from Ghana. There were also travel associated cases that were here in November and July of 2021 in the state of Maryland. Because monkeypox is closely related to smallpox, both the CDC and the World Health Organization state that the smallpox vaccine can provide protection against infection from both smallpox and monkeypox. So let's go back to the outbreak in 2003. It occurred in July and there were 71 cases of monkeypox reported to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The cases came from several states, 39 cases in Wisconsin, 16 in Indiana, 12 in Illinois, two in Missouri, one in Kansas, and one in Ohio. So how do we begin to piece together this unusual disease in the United States and in so many different states? Research showed that the majority of patients were exposed to prairie dogs, that patients were exposed uh, purchasing prairie dogs to be household pets. Now, some of the prairie dogs uh, they were in contact with at the uh, site where they were going to purchase them, and others were exposed to persons who had already an outbreak of monkeypox. 
Now, we should be familiar because of COVID-19 with the term contact tracers, the detectives who go out to establish um, the origin of the infection, what the common denominators might be. And contract tracers found that all 35 human cases of monkeypox were traced back to a contact with to contact with prairie dogs obtained from an animal distributor in Illinois. The prairie dogs that this distributor had appeared to have been infected through contact with a Gambian giant rat and doe mice that originated in Ghana and were purchased by this distributor and sold here in the United States. So regarding our current outbreak in the United States, um, as of May 22nd, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health has confirmed one case of monkeypox infection in an adult male who reported a recent travel to Canada. Two cases were suspect in New York. One was uh, determined not to be monkeypox. And another case is under investigation in Florida. So contact tracing will begin. And I think this is another reminder of the importance of obtaining travel history on patients. So let's be sure we clarify uh, transmission of monkeypox. Human to human transmission is primarily through contact with large respiratory droplets, not small, large droplets. That's important when we talk about respiratory protection to remember that large, not small. Respiratory droplets, we traditionally talk about the three foot rule that droplets will travel three feet, they will fall to the ground, and they do not rise back up. So generally, prolonged face-to-face -face contact is required. Other methods of transmission would be direct contact with fluids or uh, drainage from the lesions, and your skin is not intact. Or indirect contact with contaminated clothing or linens. I do want to make the point that no special laundering of linens is needed or recommended with monkeypox. So let's go back, make sure we clarify. Transmission is via droplet respiratory particles. Usually this requires prolonged face-to-face -face contact. The incubation period for monkeypox ranges from 6 to 13 days following the exposure event, but could be from 5 to 21 days. This illness is described as being self-limited meaning it runs its course in two to four weeks and then resolves. 
The signs and symptoms we should be looking for in patients um, begin mainly with those of a flu-like illness, fever, headache, muscle aches, backache, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion, and pox-like lesions in the genital or perianal region. Now that is specific to this outbreak. Generally, the monkeypox lesions start on the face. The presence of lesions on these individuals in the genital and perianal region are very different from what we've seen previously. So one consideration in evaluating follow-up and contacts is to ascertain if an individual had close or intimate contact with another man. I don't think we've really considered this to be a sexually transmitted disease in the past. However, at this point in time, we may be seeing a change. So if we're transporting a patient we believe may have monkeypox, what are we to do for personal protective equipment? We're going to use standard precautions, contact precautions, and droplet precautions. So under standard precautions, as you know, gloves and good hand washing, that's in place as well with contact precautions, but in addition of use of a cover gown, if lesion drainage could get onto your clothing. For droplet precautions, we're to put a surgical mask on the patient. Remember source control, containing secretions at the source. The source is the patient not you, the care provider. So we put a surgical mask on the patient. And then we should place our rear exhaust fan on the high setting and your heating or air conditioning on the non-recirculating cycle. So I think it's important that we clarify the topic and use of N95 respirators. Let's look at this statement. It says, because of the theoretical risk of airborne transmission of the monkeypox virus, airborne precautions should be applied whenever possible if a patient presenting for care at a hospital or other healthcare facility is suspected of having monkeypox. That this use of respirators is especially for extended contact in the inpatient setting. So I have read uh, information put out, quote, for EMS, that says you're to wear N95 respirators. I don't find that in CDC documents or World Health or the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America. That's not in their uh, recommendations except for in the inpatient setting. So don't forget what your vehicles offer you.
Now you have some additional protections from airborne and droplet transmitted diseases that are afforded to you in the EMS community. Number one, you have generally short transport times with your patients. You have a rear exhaust fan that uh, exhausts out the air, exchanges out the air in the back of your vehicle a minimum of every two minutes. And you want to set that on the high setting. Your heating or air conditioning should be placed on the non-recirculating cycle. So these are protections that you have and that presents a very different situation than the inpatient hospital situation. So that was a good lead-in into reminding the importance of the hierarchy of safety controls. Number one is to eliminate risk. Well, it would be wonderful if we could eliminate all exposures in a healthcare situation, but that really isn't possible. We can certainly reduce them, but I don't think, nor do many others in my field, feel that we will eliminate them. When we talked about your rear exhaust fan, putting your HVAC on the non-recirculating cycle, we're talking about engineering controls that give you additional protection when we are considering airborne or droplet transmitted diseases. The next level, administrative controls, education and training, vaccines and immunizations, your exposure control plan, and knowing who your designated officer is in case you believe you've had an exposure, how to directly reach that person 24-7. And lastly is personal protective equipment. That is not your first level of protection. It's the last level. And I think it's really good that we kind of put this in to perspective. I know a lot of people are being taught, oh, PPE is the utmost. You absolutely have to have your PPE. Well, we're not saying you don't, but it isn't your primary protection. It's an additional one. So let's say you've transported a patient suspect for monkeypox or determined to have monkeypox. Um, what cleaning do you need to do for your vehicle? And the answer is nothing special. Routine cleaning solution, EPA um, approved is all that is needed for monkeypox. And you will find this clearly referenced in CDC's material as well as that of the World Health Organization. You know, in our time of COVID-19 and Ebola, you know, we see how companies will all of a sudden come to your department saying, you need, you must have our product. 
for your protection of your personnel. But it's important to do some homework, just a little bit of time to establish if there's need and purpose for that product versus using your normal EPA registered disinfectant and doing routine cleaning. So it is clearly a buyer beware world that we are in today. And very quickly, uh, large amounts of money can be expended on products that really do not need uh, or meet need and purpose. I think also it's important that we have more than one person being the decision maker in what products are going to be uh, purchased for the department. Limit the number of cleaning solutions that you have. You need one good EPA uh, disinfectant agent and um, bleach, and you should be good to go. The more things you have, the more opportunity for something to be not mixed correctly or not thrown out when it should have been uh, because it was a dated product. So your designated infection control officer can be a value in uh, advising on purchasing products. So I hope your department will give that some real consideration. If you believe that you have sustained an exposure drainage from monkeypox lesions and you have non-intact skin, you should wash the area with soap and water. Remember, first aid is always to be performed before you report the event. And you want to report the event directly to your designated infection control officer. By the way, under the Ryan White Law, medical facilities would be required to notify your designated officer if a crew had transported a patient suspect for or diagnosed with monkeypox. If your designated infection control officer determines that yes, an exposure did occur, um, then you will be monitored for symptoms for 21 days after the date of the exposure event. And the symptoms we would be looking for, fever greater than 100.4, chills, swollen lymph glands, or a new skin rash. Good news, the CDC and we'll add the World Health Organization both state that you have 85% protection from smallpox and monkeypox if you have had your smallpox vaccination. We do have a vaccine to prevent and protect from monkeypox and smallpox. It is a live virus vaccine. And currently about 1,200 close contacts 
of our diagnosed cases of monkeypox have been vaccinated. This demonstrates how well contact tracing is effective. As we discussed in previous sessions of Let's Get It Straight, there are specific steps that epidemiologists go through in establishing an outbreak investigation. So let's look at where we are and what we should be expecting to learn about monkeypox as time goes on. So we know there is an outbreak. We are verifying the diagnosis and we are identifying cases. We're starting to collect data on time, person, and place, looking for the possible common denominator. Implementing control measures, that's uh, looking at doing standard contact and droplet precautions. Additional studies are being conducted and they will determine the need for any changes to the existing recommendations for uh, control measures. And then communicate the findings to everyone. Uh, let's hope that they will include this time round some specific references to help us uh, stay on the right track, not get misled by misinformation and um, that will be so important that we follow the science. And that brings us to the end of this uh, introduction to monkeypox. I hope you've gotten some helpful information. Please feel free to contact me uh, if you have any additional questions or needed information, I'm happy to assist. And um, I hope you will join me once again for another segment of Let's Get It Straight.